welcome to the family here on Purple Mafia. I am your host, Peldino Joey, or Joey Awajan. Purple Mafia is available on all your favorite podcasting apps. It is a great pleasure to be back on board with you once again today. Thank you once and always for downloading and listening to the show. Sometimes I say that different, but I said it that way this time. Back and forth, Minnesota Vikings game. They trailed by 14, they trailed by 10, and somehow, someway... Minnesota Vikings escaped because Detroit had 950 penalties along the way and some poor management and missed two very long kicks along with uh, Greg Joseph missing multiple long kicks because as you can maybe hear in the background because I love, love, love breeze. I love to open the windows when it's breezy unless it's insanely cold or it's raining. So you're going to hear breeze in the background and uh, apparently that affected the kickers today with the big, big doors opened due to some fans' chagrin. Kind of funny, but the Minnesota Vikings somehow, way escape this game in U.S. Bank Stadium, 28-24. to It's Windy City, Minneapolis, without the Great Lake, Michigan, or whatever we'd call it. There is no Lake Superior in Minneapolis, and I got the Green Bay game on live in front of me. Recording a tiny bit later than I normally do. We're a bit further into the first game. But this is my first nooner of the year, and I was walking and walking and walking and enjoying the weather after the game and listening to the uh, vent line, uh, Purple Daily. So there's a shout-out to them. I don't know why I keep doing that, but okay, yeah, because because it's a good show. It's better than uh, what the other station has to offer, in my opinion, particularly the hosts, I would say. Um, not that the play-by-play guy isn't great for the Vikings. Uh, so... <laughs> Minnesota Vikings again come out with a victory. It was kind of ugly. It was kind of crazy. It was dramatic. This is going to be a fun matchup, I think, for years and years and years to come because every single game with Detroit so far in the Dan Campbell era has been quite a nail-biter and has been quite dramatic and has come down to the wire in each case. The Vikings won on the last play of the game with Detroit last year in U.S. Bank Stadium. Detroit won on the last play of the game against Minnesota in Detroit last year. And the Minnesota Vikings did not win on the last play of the game necessarily. They scored very late. A guy that had been, uh, well, overthrown and such because Kirk Cousins was rushed the entire day. Came up insanely clutch again. A guy that had been invisible in the first couple games due to this reason or that reason. Uh, What the defense gives you, this and that. And ultimately, K.J. Clutch is K.J. Clutch again. K.J. Osborne with a great day. And obviously the big touchdown to help the Vikings win it. Not at the not as a walk-off, but almost. Kind of, sort of. Gave Detroit a good amount of time still to have a shot. Luckily, the Vikings defense came up when it mattered most. Jalen Rager with a catch and two yards. Jalen Rager with a catch and two yards. And he was taken ahead of Justin Jefferson. But Justin Jefferson didn't exactly win that battle today uh, too much either. He was shut down nicely. It just wasn't a good day overall. Detroit focusing heavily on him and Remember when teams focused heavily on Randy Moss after his spectacular 98 season? Still had some good numbers, but it wasn't the same. You didn't see that bombs away, let's roll, bada, bada bing, bada boom, all that kind of fun stuff in 1999. Randy Moss had to work a little harder to get his big numbers. And, and if that meant going up the middle, boy, I don't think he liked that very much. Luckily, Justin Jefferson, not quite as uh, prima donna-like in that category. But uh, K.J. Osborne, again, coming up as K.J. Clutch. Adam Thielen focused on much more, or should I say featured much more in the offense today. Wonderful to see. 61 yards total. He did get his touchdown, his 50th of his career, the first of this season. Targeted eight times and was a big factor for Minnesota in a game where the Vikings were playing from behind pretty much from the get-go. 
unfortunately. Um, Detroit, obviously, again, Minnesota, uh, Detroit, obviously, again, very efficient when they needed to be. Uh, tons and tons and tons of fourth down conversions. Terrible on third down, so they get in the fourth down situations, but ended up converting on fourth down time and time again with uh, screen passes, uh, <laughs> obviously running plays, and again, more of that tech mobile football that I like to talk about. Almost four and a half yards of carry for Jamal Williams and DeAndre Swift. Not big, not big booms like a 15-yard long for Jamal and nine for DeAndre Smith, uh, Swift, pardon me. Um, so again, no huge numbers to beef up that average. It just shows you it was Tech Mobile football. Just hand the ball off and you'll get a first down on a couple plays in a row. Three plays in a row, you'll get a first down. It was kind of like that. That's why I keep calling it Tech Mobile football. Would have a really good running back in that game. You're pretty much like running every other. 10 seconds. You're pretty much running like two out of three plays in that game. Well, it was made way back in the day, so yeah. Um, Kirk Cousins was pressured very, very often. Only Alex (laughs) Anzalone was able to get to him during the game today. One sack on Kirk Cousins officially, but again, hurried and rushed, and the ball was tipped a few times. No interceptions for Kirk Cousins. Jared Goff, final play of the game was the interception. Metellus had dropped it the play earlier where I was like, oh, I was just kind of qual- calmly, calm collected saying game. And then, nope, Metellus dropped the ball. And then the next play, I just calmly and collected said game. And believe it or not, I was calm and collected because, <laughs> I don't know, because I'm greedy. I want a championship. I want a championship, and we're so far away from the postseason. And it's so early in the season right now for me to get super excited about beating Detroit at home, even though Detroit's way better. So it is what it is. I hope you're not looking at me as some kind of cynical, arrogant jackass. I apologize. That's not what I'm trying to do. I'm not trying what, I, what I'm trying to show here. It's just, you know, I mean, we've, some of us veteran fans have seen it all. We've seen several NFC title games and ending in either a blowout or a heartbreak. And I don't know. I, it's just, you know, it's, I'm not the typical fan who's got this blood pressure up at dangerous levels for three quarters of the game in a close game like this. I, I just don't, I don't know. It's just not there anymore. And of course, again, kind of covering them in a somewhat somewhat more professional manner now for over a decade, you do kind of calm down a bit. Even though, again, there's still a bit of fan in me and there's always going to be crazy games like, you know, Seattle in the past. There's always going to be emotions against teams like Kansas City that I just, I don't know, I just don't like them. And of course, Green Bay, it is what it is. Uh, sometimes in Detroit can get under my skin like no tomorrow. Uh, though, I don't know. I like this Dan Campbell team for whatever reason, even though they're going to be a pain in the ass to deal with, I'm sure, in Detroit later in the season. Enough of my rambling and babbling. I apologize. Uh, Johnny Munt, a couple of catches today with 23 yards. Good for him. Ben Ellison, Ellison, 24 yards and a couple catches. Again, not an exciting day. Kirk Cousins, again, was hurried quite a bit, and Kirk Cousins wasn't all that sharp. He really wasn't. Uh, the running game worked more so today, than the passing game, but we were playing from behind. Kirk Cousins ended up attempting 41 passes in the game and didn't get to 60%, 24 of 41. And again, a quarterback rating of 93.5, which is adequate. Delvin Cook, again, Tech Mobile football. Tech Mobile football. His long of the day was only 13, and yet he averaged almost five or over five and a half a carry. And he obviously was not featured all that much because, again, the Vikings were playing from behind. But there was there was a willingness to continue because uh, early on in the game, which wasn't there last week with the Philadelphia Eagles. 
I need to backtrack again with something real quick because of uh, obviously you noticed that a lot of you probably didn't even notice the, or noticed that the show didn't even show up on iTunes, Spotify, blah, 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 you know, Google Podcasts until freaking super late Saturday night or actually super early Sunday morning. Hipcast finally got it through. So it's like probably, probably for the first time ever, two Purple Mafia shows will be uploaded on the same day, the same calendar day, two actual shows, not like a little short thing and then, oh yeah, here's the real one. No, two actual shows will be uploaded on the same day because the Hipcast delay was so bad. Uh, had I been able to record on Sunday, if it was a Sunday nooner or a Sunday afternoon or, you know, even a 6 p.m., uh, you know, like the 7 p.m. type of game, I might be able to squeeze the show in. Um, it probably would have been okay because the issues started right around Monday. I remember loading the show, uh, uh, the page up, and I'm like, it's all black. The page, you know, hipcast.com. It was completely black, and I'm thinking, that's not normal. Oh, well, it's, you know, it's nothing. I'll come back, you know, maybe tonight everything will be fine. Still black. Huh, okay. Well, Tuesday, yeah, it's it's black. That's okay, though. It, it'll be fine. But it's like, this is HipCast, though. This is HipCast. Watch out. Tuesday night, it's still black. Nothing's going on. Absolutely freaking nothing. Oh, goody. Well, I'll still record the show or, you know, finish recording it anyway. Get it all wrapped up and get all ready to go. Not ready on Wednesday. Not ready on Thursday. Friday, nope. Saturday, nope. And then finally, all of a sudden, my iPod, you could call it, said, Purple Mafia Show, That Hurts, is now available. I'm like, oh, okay. It's still not counting the numbers or capturing the numbers, as they call it. But I believe it's working. Obviously, if you're listening right now, it's working. If (laughs) if you're listening right now, it's working. And if you're listening, you know... By the by, the time you're listening, hopefully it's not a week later after I uploaded the show onto the uh, onto Hipcast. So, again, deeply apologize. Hipcast has issues sometimes. They're extremely nice people. Uh, they've been around forever, so it's really hard for me to just say screw you, Hipcast. I'm leaving for Anchor or something. Even though it probably wouldn't be the dumbest idea to have Anchor as a backup at the very least, if not feature and keep Hipcast as a backup just to be loyal with them. Because I have already been in contact with Anchor in the past due to their, uh, you know, being an excellent uh, podcast website. So I apologize for sidetracking there, getting off the game. But again, I figured I'd better update you guys on what really happened here. Some of you that may have been wondering all this time, because not all of you are on Facebook and Twitter, and some of you that are still didn't even see the post for some reason, but it is what it is. Maybe you're just busy and not really superly paying attention. So life gets in the way because we're all busy sons of guns. Back to where I need to be. Alexander Madison uh, had to fill in after Delvin Cook fumbled. Again, it seems like when Delvin Cook fumbles, something really bad just happened, and it's a shoulder injury. It sounds like Delvin Cook will be available to play against the New Orleans Saints next week in London, in London, where we have a different monarch now in charge. It's King Charles III. So we'll be playing playing our first uh, game in London with King Charles as the King III. So... And no longer Queen Elizabeth after almost 70 years. God rest the Queen, God save the Queen, and God rest her soul. Um, Alexander Madison did a pretty good job, honestly, right afterward, and he did score that crucial touchdown that put the Vikings back in the game. Did a wonderful job, actually, to be quite fair. Um, Madison will be missed if he leaves, but at the same time, you know, in the offseason because of financial reasons and such, and with the fact we have some nice uh, guys to possibly replace him, but at the same time, when you come back with Delvin Cook, 
possibly wearing a brace going against the New Orleans Saints next week, which could result in another fumble and uh, aggravating the injury and making it worse, which could happen, I'm sure. <laughs> um, why? What, what's the point? Why not just go with Madison and then uh, you get to see Ty Chandler for the first time. Not Tyson Chandler, the former Bull, but yeah, okay, I'm sorry, I had to do it. But Ty Chandler from North Carolina coming to, you know, playing for the Minnesota Vikings, activate him, get him out there. Some meaningful uh, snaps. I would be all for that, to be quite honest. And I say, why not? Why not? Uh, Delvin Cook, as good as he was, does he seem a step a step slower or just, just different? Does he not seem a little different to you when you watch him? I don't know. Um, it's funny. It took forever to finally get him off the rookie scale and he could finally get paid real, real money. You know, real NFL star type of money. But I don't think Delvin Cook's going to be on this roster two years from now. I truly doubt that. And Madison might be gone one year from now. We'll just have to wait and see. But um, I don't know. He's kind of almost like... He's like a, he's a little better than Byron Buxton about staying healthy, <clears throat> which is driving me nuts. Byron Buxton of the Twins, the guy is just the worst ever about that. When he's out there, he's the best center fielder in baseball, and he's got power, he can speed, all that good stuff. <clears throat> best center fielder in baseball ever, possibly, at actually, you know, fielding and all that, and he's got power, too. Um, sorry for sidetracking yet again. The Vikings had no sacks in the game. Zero. Eric Hendricks was fantastic. Muldool pass deflections, including an absolutely unbelievable one, which would have been a huge game for Detroit. <clears throat> which would have been a huge game for Detroit, pardon me, um, on, that four, on that final drive of the game with about 50 seconds remaining. So it was literally a diving deflection. It was incredible. It would have been a huge gain, possibly 30, 30 yards or more. Uh, I thought... Eric Hendricks had his best game of the season by far. Patrick Peterson was absolutely fantastic as well. Multiple pass deflections. One of his better games. He certainly wasn't perfect. Zadarius Smith was banged up. Uh, I haven't heard anything super bad about that. Danzler was adequate, I thought. He was okay, but again, lots of tackles. That means the receivers were catching the ball, and they absolutely were. Josh Metellus had, again, 11 tackles in the game, and had that huge interception, multiple pass deflections. Great job by Josh Metellus and the Vikings safeties. I thought did a wonderful job, to be quite fair, in this game. Again, with Noah Harrison Smith, of course, with the uh, concussion. And, yeah, he, he uh, dare I say, not trying to be a jerk, he played like he had a concussion against Philadelphia. It was not good. It was a mess. Um, but I guess, and I don't want to be a jerk. I better stop. So I apologize for that statement. <laughs> I'm already apologizing for it. It's, uh, yeah. I apologize. Harrison Phillips with some big stops down the stretch that helped the Minnesota Vikings escape uh, potential disaster with Detroit, you know, scoring the, you know, getting too far ahead and running out the clock before the Vikings can catch up ultimately in this game. Um, again, Kirk Cousins, not great. Certainly not great in this game, but the big plays down the stretch were nice to see. And of course, KJ Osborne being clutch, Made us all feel like a million dollars. Greg Joseph's two misses were both from 54 yards, so we can give him a pass there. It's unfortunate. It would be nice if he could make them, but I don't know. Supposedly the crazy wind outside was a factor. Ryan Wright, no touchbacks, 52-yard average on only three punts. A very entertaining football game, to be fair. 
Uh, did it blow my socks off? Was I the most exciting guy in the history of the world watching it? Not necessarily, but it was a pretty good football game, I'd have to say. Shannon Sullivan does not look too good. I didn't think I didn't think he had a good game, to be quite honest. Um, Denzler, adequate. I thought Sullivan was one of the weaker uh, pieces out there, and that's unfortunate. Josh Metellus, if not for the clutchness of a certain player, uh, obviously one way or another, should be in the conversation for the Fran Tarkington Award for this episode. No question about it. This was an entertaining football game. The other thing, though, that you'd have to come back with with Detroit, as I try not to cough and choke to death here, I apologize, I don't know if it's allergies or what, was, again, the endless penalties that kept giving the Vikings opportunities and kept stalling drives for Detroit. But ultimately, it gave the Vikings more opportunities. Uh, there were, like, I don't know how many pass def- <laughs> pass uh, interference calls on Detroit in this game. It was kind of funny. Adam Thielen drew a lot of penalties. And then late in the game, Adam Thielen was clearly held by the same guy, clearly. And then next thing you know, there was no call, and Adam Thielen went absolutely berserk. And it was just kind of funny at the end of the day, but also sad that the call wasn't there. That's, of course, number 24, Aru Warrie. Again, so many penalties on him throughout the game. And I can only imagine. Uh, Mike Hughes was burned badly. The final play of the game. Well, not final play of the game, but the go-ahead play to K.J. Osborne. I kept thinking, watch, we're going to score too early, and then Detroit will drive down the field and beat us. But at least one way or another, there will be a winner. There's, there is no stupid tie. We don't have to worry about the three-point game crap and have to go to OT. Yeah, and first and foremost, again, you won't have to go to OT, which is, you know, that is irritating, nerve-wracking, unless you yeah, just have a quick drive and end the game right away, just score a touchdown, which can happen. But I don't know. Going into overtime is literally a coin toss. And with this mediocre, sketchy defense, I'm not all that excited about going into OT. And Jared Goff so happened, Jared Goff in Detroit so happened to win the coin toss and drive down the field, which would have really sucked. Um, but Mike Hughes looks more and more like a, an absolute bust of a first-round pick by Minnesota. And in our case, he, he was, because we ended up not keeping him. <laughs> and of course, again, the multiple injuries. And the fact he was below average, really, to be quite honest, and in some occasions, he looked like he might be a little bit above average in just certain games. But other than that, you know, ultimately he was maybe average at best with Minnesota and the turnovers that we were all, you know, thinking, oh, he's gonna he's gonna help provide some turnovers. That was the one thing that 2017 Vikings team lacked. So maybe Mike Hughes is a nice uh, nice addition, even though we'd love to have uh, James Daniels the. Uh, James Daniels, the tag, uh, the guard, pardon me, that wound up with Chicago at the end of the day. And then, okay, we ended up passing at him and going with Mike Hughes. And it's like, okay, well, okay, we'll get some we'll get some turnovers and maybe he can replace some of these mediocre cornerbacks and join up with all roads closed. And then next thing you know, Mike Hughes was injured. He was adequate at times, but was injured basically. And then he's injured again and then blah, blah, blah. Next thing you know, Bye-bye, bye-bye, you know, just enjoy your time in Kansas City, I guess. And it is what it is from there. No Super Bowl for him. So, (laughs) no Super Bowl title anyway for him at the end of the day. Uh, Michael Brockers, wow, that's a stock, that's a a stockbroker that I kind of, sort of know. My my dad knows him more, let's just say, from the past. Michael Brockers, just like Mike Brockers, yeah, Mike, Mike Brocker, that's his actual name but close enough. It's basically just about the same. Not that it matters. Um, 
very, very rough day, though. Oduka had a huge penalty as well in the game that did not help Detroit's cause. Um, and the Vikings capitalized. Again, not great management by Dan Campbell, but to be fair, his players do play for him. There's no doubt about it. There's definitely a better mood in Detroit than there was in the past. So even though he might have a little bit of knucklehead to him, the players play hard for him. And, and a lot of us would probably say he will remind you of Mike Tice. Uh, I liked Mike Tice quite a bit. Wasn't a great coach, but the players played for him. And you saw, you know, you saw guys go out and play the game with passion. And you're definitely seeing that in Detroit. It's just a totally, totally better vibe there than it was before, one way or another. And it's a start. Who knows? Maybe he'll just kind of get better and better. And I don't know. They're they're easier to like now at the end of the day instead of just looking at them as complete losers like they were under Matt Patricia, to be quite fair. <sighs> Not that I've said to be quite fair and to be quite honest and, and, and at the and at this stage about 100,000 times. I apologize. <laughs> Let's pass out some awards. The Fred Tarkington Award winner for this episode is going to be KJ Clutch, KJ Osborne. Congratulations. What a wonderful, wonderful finish. And again, he was overthrown in multiple cases where Kirk Cousins had to get rid of the ball uh, too quickly. Ended up so his targets were quite high compared to his catches, um, but it ended up being a wonderful day at the end. Eight targets for K.J. Osborne, and of course, two huge plays. The 28-yard play, and then the touchdown to K.J. Osborne right after that, which, uh, it felt so freaking good. It was, uh, you know, it was, it just made you feel like a million dollars. Actually, the touchdown was 28 yards. Felt like the other one was, but both of them were huge plays that got the Vikings down the field and into the end zone. Um, that's why K.J. Osborne, he, you know, he's he's my favorite Viking because he's clutch. He shows up and he's clutch. He is my favorite Viking, believe it or not. Uh, really appreciate what he did. And again, Alexander Madison showing up when needed most. Love what he does. Absolutely love it. Uh, obviously another candidate, strong candidate, honorable mention, you could say, for the Fran Tarkington Award to be Josh Patalis. Again, the, the interception is one thing, but he, he played very well in the game, did a great job. Uh, another honorable mention, of course, has to be Eric Hendricks. He had his best game so far this season, and Jordan Hicks was really amazing as well. He had 14 tackles in the game. He uh, had some great plays. A lot better than last week, we'll say. A lot of these linebackers were terrible last week. This week, definitely nice recovery. Hopefully, Zadarius Smith is okay going forward. We'll see about Harrison Smith and, of course, Dalvin Cook going to next week, where the Minnesota Vikings will be playing at 8.30, 8.30, not uh, 8.30 a.m., not 8.30 p.m. In the past, I kept thinking, oh, yeah, it's 8.30 p.m., yeah, Sunday night. No, it's actually a.m., so <laughs> have your alarm clock set, pardon me, for those of you that like to stay up late on Saturday night for this reason or that reason. Um, have your alarm clock set because you're going to be watching Vikings football at 8.30 in the morning. And we'll be talking about that in the next segment, along with uh, talking about the other games throughout the NFL. Again, please give me feedback if you're not all too happy about the way I might babble on too much about the NFL Roundup. So if it's too much, let me know. If you enjoy it, let me know. I'd love to know at the end of the day. Otherwise, I guess I'll keep doing it and uh, one way or another. Um unless I just get a really horrible vibe about it. The Christian Ponder Memorial, before I forget, I guess i got to go with Shannon Sullivan. I don't think he's been good since he's been here, and today was definitely not an exception. 
at the end of the day, Shannon Sullivan has not been all so great. So, unfortunately, that's where things are. Uh, the urban legend, for me, before I, again, sign off on this segment and forget to talk about an urban legend, where is Lewis seen? What is going on? Where the heck is Lewis seen? Is Mike Zimmer still coaching the team? Um, no, we don't, we don't like to play our rookies, you know. What, where's Lewis seen? Especially in this situation when Harrison Smith was out. Now, Josh Metellus, great freaking job. Cam Bynum, adequate. Metellus was better. Metellus was better. But um, maybe if Bynum was bad, I mean, I, at least get Lewis seen some action, some, some snaps, something. It's not going to kill anybody, is it? Is he that, like, is he that unprepared to play in the NFL? Strange. Strange. It's kind of scary. Hopefully he's not a huge bust. But we'll find out in the next few weeks, I suppose. Let's talk about <laughs> the NFL roundup, NFC North roundup especially, and of course, our visit to London, our visit to London in the UK, coming up next Sunday <clears throat> morning. We are back here on Purple Mafia, segment number two. Time to look around the NFL a little bit. And, of course, the Nolan Saints in London. London. Okay, sorry. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here to watch football. King Charles. Okay, sorry. I better keep moving. Pittsburgh and Cleveland. The Cleveland Browns finally won a game. Congratulations, Vinrock, Vince Germano. He was uh, congratulating us as well about our nice comeback victory. Again, back-to-back comebacks in the game. For the Vikings to win. I think you heard about that already. Cleveland with 13 points in the fourth quarter. Nice. Um, they had uh, <laughs> they had a little bit of a lead, and then things started looking a little a little hairy, a little ugly, but then had a nice, solid fourth quarter and got the job done. Nick Chubb getting in the end zone. Mitch Trubisky throwing a pick six, a pick six, or a fumble six. Again, another fumble six, pardon me. Another fumble six <laughs> this week. Denzel Ward recovered the fumble and went for a touchdown. So, cool, I guess. Najee Harris fumbled after there was a lateral. Chase Claypool made the catch. Uh, actually, no, Deontay Johnson, then Chase Claypool, then Najee Harris, and then he fumbled. Denzel Ward went all the way. Wrap your head around all of that. It's wonderful stuff. Jacoby Brissett, solid performance, I would have to say. No interceptions, a quarterback rating of 110. High percentage and all that stuff. Two-thirds of his passes completed. Not bad, eh? A couple of TDs. Mitch Trubisky was mediocre, about what you'd expect. Najee Harris had a touchdown, but also that fumble lost. That ended up uh, kind of wrapping things up there. But that was pretty much when the game was already doubtful. But Cleveland, or excuse me, Pittsburgh was trying to do some type of a drive, and it just didn't work out. They were just doing everything they could to try to get something some kind of miracle play. Somebody breaks loose. It happens once every, you know, 20 years or so that somebody actually breaks loose when you do all those crazy lateral plays on the final play of the game, but didn't work out that time either. Cleveland had pretty much already won it. It was mostly just adding to the score. Looks like uh, 
Cade York missed an extra point for Cleveland. I'm sure Vince was not too happy about that. Amari Cooper, former Dallas Cowboy, with a touchdown and 100 yards. Good job for him. Good job indeed. Pittsburgh Steelers are kind of where whatever they are, although they did start off the season fairly solid, defeating Cincinnati, but are now 1-2. Cleveland is actually 2-1. So, all right. Maybe you're going to want to keep uh, Kevin Stefanski after all? Huh? Huh? We'll see. Chicago and Houston, that's going to be saved for much later. Tennessee and Las Vegas. <sighs> well, Tennessee and Las Vegas. Vegas sucks. They're back to sucking again. 0-3. Might as well have kept the coach that they had, but they didn't. Okay. It makes perfect sense. Uh, Josh McDaniels is great. He's just so great. Remember his success rate? You're about, about, about as good as Matthew Hackett's right now. He's actually on the screen at the moment, playing against the San Francisco 49ers, rematch of what would have been the 1989 season's version of the Super Bowl. So that was the first Super Bowl of the 90s, per se, because, yeah, January 1990, you know, and it was, like, bad. It was, like, really, really bad. And Denver got whooped by Washington a couple of years earlier when could have been Minnesota whooping Denver in the Super Bowl. Would have been nice, because if Washington whooped them and but after beating us by the skin of our teeth... I gotta think the Vikings could have beaten them as well in 1987. Would have been the happiest sports year in the history of Minnesota by a million miles. Minnesota Twins and Vikings and their droughts months apart. <sighs> yeah, I'm still still wishing, still wishing, even though that was only 35 years ago. Just 35 years ago. is isn't that long. Yeah, come on now. Um, Oakland, I just call them Oakland. Las Vegas was running the ball fairly well in the game, but they had to passed the ball quite a bit because they were behind this and that. They had a wonderful, wonderful uh, second half. Basically, they scored all of their, well, they didn't score all of their points. Tennessee, but they they were the only team that scored points in the second half, if that makes sense. Tennessee was up 24-10, to 10, and I keep wanting to call them Oakland. The, the Las Vegas Raiders scored 12 points. Again, the touchdown and the two-point attempt failed. That would have possibly sent the game into OT, unfortunately. As Derek Carr tried to get to Darren Waller, ultimately failed. On the two-point conversion, Daniel Carlson made a couple of chip shot field goals in the third and fourth quarters to kind of keep Oakland back. I keep calling them Oakland. The Las Vegas freaking Raiders. Las Vegas Raiders. Las Vegas Raiders. Las Vegas Raiders. Las Vegas Raiders, right? You ever heard of them before? No, I haven't. They're the Oakland Raiders, damn it. They're the Oakland Raiders. Just, just stay in Oakland. It's not fair. Las Vegas start a expansion team and call them something else. The Las Vegas Golden Knights for football. That would be kind of cool, too. The Las Vegas Football Golden Knights. The Las Vegas Hockey Golden Knights. Huh? Yeah. Okay. Well, kind of the city finally lost the game, and it was to the Indianapolis Colts. Right. Colts uh, started off the year really terribly, and then they beat the Kansas City Chiefs. Welcome to the NFL, folks. Welcome to the National Football League. The National Football League. 20-17. to 17. Patrick Mahome threw an interception and was a bit uh, less efficient in this game. Matt Ryan was a bit more efficient in the game. Quarterback rating of about 106 and a couple of TDs, and he did not turn the ball over. He didn't turn the ball over. Good job, because first couple of games he kind of did. Juju Smith-Schuster of Casey. Nice 89-yard game but did not get in the end zone. Travis Kelsey did. Travis Goofball Kelsey got in the end zone. I know, I'm just kidding. Um, 
But it was kind of a mess of a game, and the Indianapolis Colts defense showed up to play a little bit. Good job. I'm happy, because I don't like the Chiefs. I, I just don't. Ugh, they, they remind me of the Golden State Warriors, and I, I, they just do. And I hate the Golden State Warriors so much. Nick Bolden, a couple of sacks for the Kansas City Chiefs. But, of course, Tyreek Hill's gone. He's the one that's constantly, who's constantly showboating. Like, like Steph Curry, that's why I don't like the Warriors. Every freaking time something good happens, it's like, yeah, you got to show up your opponent. That's bull crap, in my opinion. There's a fine line between having fun and just flat out like being a, an asshole, <laughs> like showing up your opponent. There's a fine line, and I think Steph Curry and Tyreek Hill often cross that. I just do. Oh, Joey, why are you so worried about that? Because it's annoying. I don't know. Maybe I shouldn't be. I just don't like it. I think it's low-class I just do. Um, good good job. And then I was Colts hanging in there. I mean, you figure you get Matt Ryan. Hopefully they have some success, maybe even make some kind of an interesting run. But I don't know. They're not going to win anything. They're not going to win anything. It's just one of those, like, last gaffes at the end of someone's career on another team. Maybe you get a good year or two in. And I don't know. I don't think it's going to be like uh, Peyton Manning or anything with Denver with unbelievable numbers, but a couple of choke jobs along the way. And then finally winning one at the very, 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 very end when the guy could barely throw the ball 15 yards anymore. Not that I could throw the ball 15 yards either, but um, yeah. Let's keep going. The Miami Dolphins win again. And Buffalo kind of choked this one away. Um, Josh Allen threw a very low pass. That was a wide-open potential touchdown. Unfortunately, that just was a bit heartbreaking. And wow, that just sucks. Um Thomas Morstead, the former New Orleans Saints, Saint, pardon me. Ultimately, uh, yep, he was he's the Miami Dolphins kicker now. Interestingly enough, he he had a, there was a blocked punt and a safety in the game, but that was much later to make the score a little bit stranger to go from seventeen to nineteen for Buffalo. But again, Josh Allen, major major missed opportunity, did not have his best game. Unfortunately, he was he was okay. He threw for four hundred yards, but it took sixty three attempts to get there. Not nearly as efficient. Tua, just Tua. Let's just leave it at Tua. Tua Tag, because I can't say his last name because I just don't want to. <laughs> just Tua, basically. Um, had what may have been a concussion, and apparently the NFL PA is very upset as he was put back in the game. They're like, hey, what's going on here? What's the protocols for all this? So that could get very interesting behind the scenes here with the uh, NFL PA and the NFL, basically with uh, that whole situation, but Tua had another pretty damn good game, very efficient, only attempted 18 passes, and Miami barely got any couple of yards on the ground either. It's just a weird game, but great defense by Miami and just not a good game by the Buffalo Bills. Dolphins always wear their white uniforms at home because of the heat and humidity. Makes sense, and you know, and they make the other team wear the dark uniform so they can sweat and suffer. Just play indoors, you assholes. Okay, I'm sorry, now I'm getting vulgar. I apologize. I'm trying to keep this somewhat of a family show, so I apologize for that. Um, weird, weird. Miami's 3-0. and Now they're a first-place team, officially, and they beat maybe, probably, I think, the best team in the NFL. Uh, the Chiefs lost also today. I'm not feeling any remorse about that whatsoever. But Miami's a hell of a lot better, I think, than the Indianapolis Colts. And speaking of guys with their showboating and stuff, Tyreek Hill, only 33 yards and two catches. So not a whole lot of peace signs uh, going on today, but a lot of multiples of 11 as uh, Tyreek Hill and his two catches. Creepy stuff. 11 yards and 22. Ooh. And 33 total yards. 
Ooh, multiples of 11. Hmm. <laughs> Believe that where that is. Jalen Waddell, though, 102 yards receiving on only four catches. He had a 45-yard play from Tua. Teddy Bridgewater entered when Tua was uh, taken off the field there with a possible concussion. And he threw two incompletions, unfortunately. Would have been cool to see Teddy Bridgewater, see what he can do there for this improving, very, very, very promising Miami Dolphins club. Teddy Bridgewater, of course, Florida native from Miami and all that good stuff. A lot like a, uh, a lot like another former Minnesota Vikings quarterback who wound up in Miami. <laughs> Interestingly enough, we'll see what happens. But Tua's career definitely has has uh, upgraded and, of course, or has taken a step forward along with the fact that he has some wonderful, wonderful weapons to throw the ball to. Dolphins 3-0 and and winning the division now. Impressive in the AFC East. 3-0 and in the AFC East. And again, Josh Allen just wasn't all that sharp. Kind of like a Kirk Cousins type of day uh, today, where Kirk Cousins wasn't all that sharp, but of course, again, he was forced to throw the ball early, which made him overthrow and underthrow and just simply throw the ball away at times versus throwing four interceptions and we lose by, you know, 35 or something. <laughs> That'd be interesting. Melvin Ingram the third with two sacks for the Miami Dolphins. Javon Holland with one and a half. Impressive. Again, they're getting to, they got to Josh Allen a bit today, despite the mobility. Good job by the Miami Dolphins. Let's see what happens. And again, hopefully Tua's healthy and that this doesn't have some kind of uh, repercussions uh, throughout the rest of the season here because concussions are no joke and the NFL PA is uh, not happy. So we'll see what happens there. Baltimore Ravens, New England, New England Patriots. Sounds like the AFC North versus the AFC East, doesn't it? Yeah, that wonderful AFC North division, but the AFC East, of course, Patriots win it every year, but there was always this Miami team that was mediocre that would find a way to beat the Dolphins at least once a year, if not twice. It was weird, and that was in the Brady Dynasty era. Mac Jones was not good. He threw the ball 32 times, 321 yards, but three interceptions. That Baltimore defense at times can really be interesting, throw forcing some turnovers, and then you got Lamar Jackson with about 330 total yards, of course, with passing and rushing. 107 on the ground, got in the end zone once, and four passing touchdowns, if not for the INT, would be a spectacular, a spectacular fantasy day for those of you fantasy ballers. Um, yeah, I won't get into if I play or Okay, I, I don't play fantasy football, but I understand everything, so I just stopped playing, that's all. Lamar Jackson would be a fantastic... Uh, Oh, I mean, Lamar Jackson played like a number one overall pick in the <laughs> a number one overall pick in fantasy football today. No doubt about it. Baltimore Ravens putting up the numbers, and nice to see Baltimore playing well. Uh, remember, Baltimore had that fourteen and two season not too long ago. It was really a crying shame to see them lose in the playoffs. But sometimes that's just how it is. You know, Baltimore sometimes just you know teams with their great records sometimes they come out flat at home and don't even get to the conference final. Who, who could forget the 15-1 Pittsburgh Steelers <clears throat> in the 2004 season end up going out in the in the divisional round. Insane. Absolutely disgusting and sad. At the same time, entertaining football game. Three sacks for De Detrich Wise Jr. on Lamar Jackson. Impressive. That's insanely impressive, actually. But uh, we'll digress here quickly, if humanly possible. Cincinnati finally won a game. It's about freaking time. Stop playing like the crappy Bengals and play like the AFC champion slash should have been Super Bowl champion Cincinnati Bengals again, 27-12. to 
if you're going to get a win, it might as well be against the New York Jets because the New York Jets are um, flying low, very low, very low. And it's not because Greg Zerline's their kicker. He was actually decent once upon a time. Joe Burrow took advantage of the situation, had a much better game today. Joe Flacco back to reality after last week's incredible effort. Great comeback on the four touchdowns and 300-plus yards. He almost threw for 300 yards, but they were trailing the whole game. Passed 52 times, which is about Joe Flacco's age. Okay, not really. 36 is more realistic, like Joe Burrow's attempts. But a couple of INTs and nothing positive going other than Tyler Conklin catching all eight of the passes coming his way for 84 yards. Wow. Tyler Conklin, 84 yards for the New York Jets. All right, Tyler, it looks like you're looking at your next contract, huh? Got a nice amount of money from the New York Jets. Now you're going for the next contract already, aren't you? You son of a gun. Is that all you care about? Yes. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yes. That's what most of them care about, unfortunately. T. Higgins, 93 yards. Tyler Boyd, 105 yards. Jamar Chase. Hmm. Ten, yep, kind of, a, kind of a similar day to Justin Jefferson. Targeted quite a bit, but it just didn't work out so well. It just didn't. Only 29 yards and six catches. Ah, that's awful. Targeted 10 times. 10 times. And only 29 yards on six catches. Mmm. That hurts. Evan McPherson actually missed a kick, unfortunately. He's one of the best kickers in football, and Greg Zierlein's an old Wiley legend. Seems like the old Wiley legend kickers always wind up on, like, the worst teams ever. Don't they, though? Haven't you ever noticed that? Like, late in their career, they're still good, and they wind up on, like, the worst team ever. But they make, like, a million kicks because that team can't get in the end zone for their life. It's kind of funny. It's, it's, it's hilarious, right? real funny. Um, the Jets couldn't really get a whole lot of pass rush on Joe Burrow, even despite that awful offensive line. Two sacks. Good for them, I guess. We'll continue forward. Philadelphia Flyers. Now, Philadelphia Eagles flew high once again with their little Superman pose from Jalen Hurts, and it's 24-8 to eight over the Washington Commandas. And they finally got their eight points in the fourth quarter, trailing 24 to nothing to the Philadelphia Eagles since the half. That sounds awfully familiar. I don't know how often I've... I've never seen this happen before. Maybe I have and I don't remember. But have you ever heard of this before? Here's an urban legend of urban legend of urban legends. Philadelphia, right? 24 points in the first half last week, right? Nothing in the second half? But won the game. Good for them. Philadelphia. 24 points in the first half. Nothing in the second half. But still won the game. Good for them. All right. <laughs> All right, Philadelphia. I guess that's your number, 24. Whatever that means. Number 24 has got to mean something, right? I don't know. I, I guess. Jalen Hurts threw for three touchdowns, three, 340 yards. Great game. Did not turn the ball over. Philadelphia didn't run the ball all that great, but it didn't freaking matter. They just torched and tortured the Washington Commanders in a big day. Uh, Terry McLaren, McLaren, pardon me. Yeah, McLaurin. Not McLaren. Not the expensive car. 102 yards and six catches. Good for him. Devonta. Not Devonte, but Devonta Smith. With 169 yards. Like old Highway 169. He Highway 169 did, I guess. With a touchdown in the uh, stud receiver, A.J. Brown. With 85 yards. And a touch <clears throat> down. See what I did there? Wasn't that cool? No, not really. Brandon Graham with a two and a half sacks. God, that Philadelphia pass rush is really something. There's a reason why Kirk Cousins stunk last week. 
The Philadelphia pass rush is scary, man. It's scary. And their offense is pretty good, too. You know, there was a time... Remember back in the in the, in the preseason and all that? When I did the... Uh, <laughs> when I was doing the prediction for the NFL and all that and like how teams were going to do and oh, who's going to win the NFC North? It's a freaking joke. Um, the Philadelphia Eagles are going to win the NFC North, right? Uh, did I say North? East. Philadelphia Eagles are going to win the NFC East. Yeah, they might win 13 games this year. In fact, I would be... Yeah, I wouldn't be all that surprised if they finished 13-4, and four, something along that line. Yep. Yep. Philadelphia Eagles are going to have some home field advantage this year, baby. Whether we like it or not, they're having home field advantage in the playoffs if it's the first round or waiting for everybody else in the second round and pos- and hosting an NFC Championship game again, God forbid, if uh, they uh, are so uh, able to just get the job done in the divisional round, which unfortunately they did because Atlanta choked back in 2017. I'm not bitter at all about that. Not at all. I'm just not. I'm not bitter at all. I put it past me completely, because everything has worked out so great since then for us. It's worked out wonderfully. Great. Yeah, I'm not bitter at all. Um, let's continue. <laughs> that was. That's about all there is to say. I mean, Philadelphia kicked Washington's butt, and what what else is there to say? Seriously, they kicked their butt. Carolina against New Orleans. That's gonna wait. Jacksonville Jaguars. Oh my God. Another one. There's the Philadelphia Eagles of the uh, AFC, I think. Well, actually, it's... Yeah, yeah, it's the Miami Dolphins, but it's kind of Jacksonville, too. It's kind of Jacksonville, too. All of a sudden, the Jacksonville Jaguars can play. They can play. 38-10 to 10 over the LA Chargers. Um, wow. And a lot of people had the Chargers as a possible sleeper pick to go to the Super Bowl. 38-10. to 10. This was in... Los Angeles. I called him San Diego, I think. And Justin Herbert played the entire game. That's right. He played the whole game. James Robinson, six yards a carry. That helps. And a touchdown. Trevor Lawrence did not turn the ball over again. Back-to-back weeks, no turnovers, and I'm not trying to be a jerk. Progress. Progress. And if you love the NFL, which I'm trying to, I, I used to love it. I'm trying to love it again. I still like it very much. No, I like it. I, I love the game. I don't love the I don't love everything that goes on around the game, but I love the game itself. Yes, I love the game of football and all that. Um, three touchdown passes, no interceptions. Sorry for the loud noise, by the way. This chair is from yeah, it needs to be replaced. Let's just leave it at that. The LA Chargers they spread the ball around nicely. And you got you know, in another weird game with Austin Eckler with eight catches and only forty eight yards, but that's that wannabe Percy Harvin role, I suppose. Marvin Jones Jr., former Detroit Lion, if I'm remembering correctly, with 33 yards, woohoo! But uh, Zay Jones with 85 and a touchdown. Christian Kirk, 72 yards and a touchdown. And that Marvin Jones, Detroit, former Detroit uh, Lion, with a touchdown. Good for him. Riley Patterson, former Minnesota Viking uh, tryout candidate for the, uh, I believe that was last year, I believe, or was it this year? Was it this year versus Greg Joseph? I think that was last year. It was last year. I'm so confused now. Yeah, I, it was last year versus Greg Joseph, and uh, I, I thought I really like Riley Patterson. He sounded like a, a guy with a straight head on his shoulders, and then he wasn't that good. And the next thing you know, you know, yeah, it couldn't have been this year because Greg Joseph, everybody loved him, 
He was booming everything. It was like no competition hardly. Yeah, Riley Patterson. I thought he might actually knock out Greg Joseph, and then he didn't. Now he's with Jacksonville, and he's doing okay. He's certainly not perfect. He's, he's missed some, but that's how it is. Or he's missed one anyway. He's made a 52-yarder, and good for him, Riley Patterson, making some money over for Jacksonville. Good for Riley Patterson getting an opportunity. I knew I, I knew I recognized the name. It's like, wait a minute. Um, Jacksonville only with one sack, but stifling defense and frustrating. Mr. Uh, Justin Herbert into a not real good game, and they got whooped. They got just whooped. That's the, that's the only way to put it. Los Angeles Rams, yuck, versus the Arizona Cardinals, double yuck, even though I like the Cardinals, but not very much lately. 20-12, to 12, yuck, boring. What else is there to say? Matt Prater made a 31-yarder, which he probably could have done in his sleep, kicking backwards into the wind. He probably could have. That's how good of a kicker Matt Prater is, and he made like 100 kicks today. Well, he made four at least. 23 yards, 43 yards, 49 yards, and that's it. Okay, the Rams got up to a 13-0 lead. A guy named Matt also made a 22-yard and a 40-yard. Very, very entertaining game. It was a kicking fest. That's great. Neither quarterback threw a touchdown or an interception. The Rams won. Who cares? Boring. <laughs> yeah, I hate the Rams, kind of. Kind of. I don't really hate them. I don't really like them either, though. Um, good defense, I suppose, by the two clubs, uh, keeping the, both teams from anything special, from throwing any touchdowns. Seattle continues to suck after a good start to the season in the very first week. Atlanta gets their first win in a meh fest. <clears throat> 27-23. There's your 50-point spread, right? It's awesome. Your 50-point total, so... Who cares if you, I don't know. I don't know if you bet the under or the over on that one, but whatever it was, it uh, wasn't all that special. Geno Smith actually was pretty good in the game, but Atlanta ended up winning thanks to Cordero Patterson. Whew, with 141 yards, baby. And a 40-yard long and a touchdown. Good job, Cordero Patterson. Looking like a Adrian Peterson over there in Atlanta. Looking good, like the real Adrian Peterson, not what he would be today. Getting knocked out by uh, Le'Veon Bell and stuff. <laughs> Getting... Yeah, that was embarrassing, wasn't it? Um, that's funny. Tyler Lockett, 76 yards for Seattle. Geno Smith, again, very, very good game, but they end up losing, and both quarterbacks threw INTs. Marcus Mariota, of course, the Atlanta quarterback this year. Atlanta wins. Atlanta wins. Woohoo! Neither team's going to make the playoffs. In fact, it's like a 0% chance. San Francisco and Denver, again, rematch of the 89 Super Bowl. Very exciting. Um, not nearly as high scoring, though, at least in San Francisco's side. Denver doesn't have any points. They just made a nice gain, and we'll see what happens late in the f yeah, first quarter. Well, the end of the first quarter. 7 nothing San Francisco. Way back in the day, it was, what, 55 to, to like 10 or something insane. It was absolutely nuts. San Francisco just, like, showed up, and they just started throwing the ball and running the ball and doing whatever they wanted. And Denver just kind of was like, well, I guess we lost. Damn it, that sucks. Yep, so Denver, that was their third Super Bowl loss at the time, if I remember correctly, or was it their fourth? I believe they'd already lost four Super Bowls. They were, yep, or was it three? I can't remember anymore. Um, I believe they'd lost four. They lost one way back in the day to the Cowboys. Way back in the day, when Ken Norton was their quarterback. Um, and then, of course, 87 and 89. And then 96, they ended the drought. So there must have been one more in there somewhere. I think maybe to, like, the Redskins or something. I think, possibly. 
But uh, it was either the Redskins or the um, Giants way back in the day. Um, yeah, it doesn't matter. Either way, Denver's lost a lot of Super Bowls, or they've won three also, so it's better than us. <laughs> it's a lot of Super Bowl appearances, too. It's crazy. It's epic, actually. Dallas and New York Giants tomorrow. <sighs> yeah, um, who cares? Well, at least the Giants are 2-0. and That's actually quite impressive. Green Bay Packers actually showed up today to play some defense. They kept the Tampa Bay Bucks to only 12 points in the game. Tom Brady had a, like a knee guard kind of coming off, and that was kind of a weird situation, and he struggled. He struggled, and the Buccaneers struggled. They only had three points at halftime. Rodgers kind of sort of struggled as well. Obviously, Tampa's got a great defense, but Rodgers was efficient when it mattered most. A. Rodgers, they like to call him. Aaron Jones, not a whole lot going on. A.J. Dillon, not a whole lot going on. That Tampa front four is pretty good, obviously. Randall Cobb with 57 yards is probably a season high because, yeah, he's like, you know, another one of those guys that's way past his prime. Somebody named Romeo Dubes, good for him, with eight catches on eight targets for 73 yards and a touchdown for the Packers. And Alan Lazard, who's torched the Vikings before, unfortunately, much to our chagrin. You know, at least he got in the end zone. Good for him. Russell Gage showing up for the Tampa Bay Bucks, getting the job done on 12 catches. And But, unfortunately, multiple fumbles in this game. Uh, Russell Gage with a fumble. Richard Perriman with a fumble. Just kind of a nasty day. Uh, Tom Brady did not fumble or anything, but he threw one inter- uh, no interceptions, no turnovers for him. Actually, super efficient. But you could sense massive frustration from Brady. It was just a frustrating day. And I thought Tampa was going to win this game, and they just didn't. They just didn't. They just didn't get the job done. And you could just see the frustration. Brady just yelling out, oh, my God. He just couldn't believe what he was seeing. And I couldn't either, frankly. Kenny Clark with a couple of stacks for Green Bay and Rashawn Gary, who gave uh, Kirk Cousins some trouble a couple of weeks back as well. Packers remain, well, well, they're technically in second place in the NFC North. I believe the Vikings are actually first. Yes, we are, because we have the tiebreaker versus Green Bay Packers. The Vikings are in first, but a 2-1, and one, it's hard to really call anybody a first place or second place or third place team. Once you start getting to 4-1 and one and stuff, then you can really say, yeah, that's a first place club. But technically, we're in first, and it feels nice. <laughs> it's a long way to go, of course. Um, not trying to poo-poo anything, but the Chicago Bears as well. Jeez, they're 2-1. and one. So there's three 2-1 and one teams in the NFC North, and Detroit is a dangerous club. The Bears have are 2-1 are and one already. Okay, it was the Houston Texans. They suck. But 23-20? to 20? Oh, Okay, but I mean, still, winning games counts for something, regardless of how crappy your opponent is. You still got to win the games, right? Because if you're a terrible team, you're going to lose to everybody. Justin Fields. I don't know, man. I, I just don't know. It's like a guy, oh, well, he's the quarterback. It's like, he's, please don't take this as an insult. And it doesn't, and it isn't, certainly isn't meant as one. But I mean, numbers like this. He, I mean, it, 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 it's like a wide receiver just went out there and said, okay, I'm going to be the quarterback today. Um, hey, Chris Carter, you're the quarterback for the Vikings today. Or Randy Moss, go. You know, I mean, who, who cares? Just give somebody a shot. Uh, you know, Ah, that's so bad. 27.7 quarterback rating, completed 8 of 17, and a couple of INTs. What the hell is that? Uh, Khalil Herbert, though, 
with 157 yards on the ground and two touchdowns. There is your Walter Payton Award of the day. No doubt about it. Khalil Herbert with the Walter Payton Award of the day. Justin Fields is the, uh, um, what would the guy's name be? Cade McNown Memorial. Cade McNown, remember that? Three and out, boo! Three and out, boo! That was Cade McNown in a nutshell with the Chicago Bears. (laughs) Oh, Justin. Come on, Justin. You can do better. Justin Fields looked so good when he was coming in the draft, but he has been... For the most part, yucky, yucky, yucky. Needs work, Justin. Needs work. Come on now. I mean, and I'm not trying to be rude. Just and even Davis Mills wasn't real good either. Bears defense getting a couple of ints on him as well. Davis Mills was one of those nice little, you know, diamonds in the rough, so to speak. Those mid round picks that actually end up becoming something decent at a quarterback position, which really doesn't happen very often. Chris Moore with uh, 63 yards receiving. Damian Pierce was able to run the ball in the end zone in a pretty good game. Four yards a carry on 80 yards. Not bad. But Khalil Herbert was definitely the, the uh, star of the day. Offense and defense. He was the man for the Bears. And we'll see what happens. The Bears. Of course, the Vikings played the Lions. That's the other NFC North. Let's look at the Nolan Saints. The Nolans Saints put the, put the lemon in the tomato juice. We're heading to New Orleans. Actually, we're not, but we're playing New Orleans. We're heading to London. Let's uh, get the chicken pot pie going. Let's get the shepherd's pie. Um, what was that? The Whitbread Pale Ale. Oh, my God. That stuff was so good. Oh, one of the best back in the day. And it's gone. I don't see it anywhere anymore. I don't know if it's out of the U.S. or completely gone. But it was called, I believe it was called Whitbread Pale Ale. Or was it just Whitbread Alt Ale or something? Because it was brownish. A brownish colored beer. I forget what it was called. It couldn't have been Pale Ale. Now I want to look it up. But... Oh my God, it was so good. Oh, I remember having it at a place called, um, damn it, Whitbread Performance. It was a place called Sherlock's Home in Miami, or Miami, in Eden Prairie. It was called Whitbread Pale Ale, but it wasn't pale though. Okay, well, it wasn't pale. It came, oh, it's coming back, supposedly. After a decade of two, it was so good. I mean, it was such a good beer. That's what I got a kick out of, though, is how it was, yeah, it was brown. Okay, it's just the Whitbread Ale. Yeah, brown. Pale Ale is a different thing. Um, God, it was so good. <laughs> it was so freaking good. The, the, it was the one with the blue label, Whitbread Ale. Um, I don't even know how to explain it. Just a wit beer. I don't know. I, I couldn't even do a review on that one. But it was so good. Um, yeah, Sherlock's Home. It was a British restaurant in uh, Eden Prairie. A diner, part of me. It was very nice. Uh, the food was really good. And, of course, everything I like goes out of business or gets discontinued. So that's the story of my life in a nutshell. I think I gave you exactly what I was talking about. So, yes, get the Whitbread Ale ready to go. <sighs> Sorry. New Orleans Saints today lost to the Carolina Panthers. They lost to the Carolina Panthers. Man, you know, I wish they played like this when they play the Vikings next week. We'll see what happens. Jameis Winston throws interceptions. He does. He threw the ball 41 times, and he had two interceptions. Alvin Kamara, last time he played the Vikings, six touchdowns on Christmas Day. Jingle bells, jingle bells, ho, ho, ho. Oh my God, I was pissed off. And it was he was just rubbing it in our face 
And so was your best friend, Sean Payton, who's the future Cowboys coach, I think. Some people would like to believe that. Baker Mayfield didn't turn the ball over. Baker Mayfield didn't turn the ball over. Congratulations, Baker. Congratulations. It took you like six years to do that, but you didn't turn the ball over. Good job. Christian McCaffrey, 108 yards on the ground. Doesn't get better than that, does it? Good job. <laughs> Baker Mayfield also completed a 67-yard pass and ultimately touchdown for LaVisca Chenault Jr. Rolls right off your tongue. Doesn't it, though? Christian McCaffrey rolls right off your tongue as well. And when he's actually freaking healthy, which is like Byron Buxton level, he's actually healthy. Good job. <laughs> Got in the triple digits very easily. Chris Olave. Chris Olave. Somebody to worry about when it comes to the New Orleans Saints with 147 yards in the air. Incredible. Tequan Smith, a more familiar name. 105 yards. Michael Thomas, an even more familiar name. 49 yards. You keep dropping down. The names get more and more familiar and more prominent. And yet they just didn't, you know, it wasn't as exciting of a day. Jarvis Landry, former Dolphin, if I remember correctly, and uh, Cleveland Brown and all that. 22 yards and two catches, but only five uh, out of five targets, though. Jameis Winston was a, is a, was and is a mess. He throws for a million yards, attempts the ball many times. Sometimes he'll have some prolific numbers with the touchdowns, and the next thing you know, he's got four or five interceptions to, uh, to boot. Remember the 30-touchdown, 30-interception season? Unprecedented stuff. Well, he threw two touch, uh, interceptions today. So Minnesota Viking cornerbacks get to work. You know, uh, <laughs> Metellus, let's let's go. Metellus, who had a couple of INTs today. Let's get some more interceptions. Josh Metellus, <laughs> get a couple more INTs. Or uh, Shan, uh, Mr. Sullivan. Mr. Sullivan, get to work, Sullivan. Shannon Sullivan, get some interceptions. Patrick Peterson, come on now. Come on, Patrick Peterson, get some get some interceptions. We need you. We need you, buddy. New Orleans Saints, 23-13. 23 wins, 13 losses, zero ties with the New Orleans Saints, dating back to 1968. Saints were a little bit later bloomer in the NFL, and they sucked forever. That's why the Vikings in the 70s stomped all over them. They were literally called the Aints. They were called the Aints in the 70s with the paper bag, and I believe into the 80s as well, even though they got a little better and made the playoffs. And In the 70s, you know, they had a good quarterback. That's the sad part, Archie Manning. But the Vikings beat them up pretty good most of the time. We actually lost our opener, though, in 68 when the Vikings were pretty good already. 20-17 to 17 in New Orleans. Isn't that the darndest thing? We lost. We lost. What the heck? Then we won the next four, uh, six, pardon me, dating all the way up to 1976 at 40-9 stomping in Nolens, where we did put the lemon in the tomato uh, juice. Yes, we did, with some, maybe some... Uh, Tabasco sauce to add a little flavor and some pepper, you know, black pepper. Mm. Oh, and that coarse salt on the side and some celery salt. Oh, okay, sorry. Uh, <laughs> Vikings then lost to New Orleans in 1978. As the Vikings were starting to get old and crappy, unfortunately. Okay, that's really disrespectful, but we weren't as good anymore, okay? We got to the NFC title game that year and got beat. We just didn't do anything after that. We got beat by the Cowboys, and then things got worse and worse from there. Age really was taken over at that stage. New Orleans Saints actually, you know, won a couple games in a row in 83. That's the worst Viking team ever. And 85, with Bud Grant as coach, we lost to the Saints in the Metrodome. Ouch! On uh, the 24th of November, right around Thanksgiving week. Ugh, that sucks. 
86 Vikings, a lot of people believe that was the one of the best Vikings teams of all time. Couldn't get it done, unfortunately. Vikings whooped up and destroyed the New Orleans Saints in New Orleans, which we didn't do many years later, unfortunately. 44-10, to 10, that was the beginning of an awesome playoff run in 19, the 1987 season, of course, again. Vikings, obviously, decent playoff history versus the Saints. Decent playoff history, that unfortunately, very heartbreaking playoff history. With the one, the one to one we lost was the most important, and it was just a devastating day to say the least. Um, that was a wild card game. The Vikings were only a wild card team because we lost all of our uh, games where we were where we had our replacement players. We had the worst replacement team, I guess. We went 0 for three there, uh, and then many many years later, Culpepper led Vikings with their 11 and five season, finishing terribly because of Culpepper's uh, high ankle sprain. Unfortunately, we lost four games in a row there, and not to mention the team played like crap as well. The Vikings' pass defense was just going down the schmuckers. Uh, Packers beat up, beat us up real bad along the way as well. Um, Vikings lost so many. <laughs> so yeah, the Vikings lost four games in a row after going 11-1, and one, and ultimately 11-5. That was so devastating. So we didn't have home field advantage in the NFC title game, so I'm still bitter about that, of course. But we did beat up on the Saints. We had the number two seed, and which counted for something back then. Uh, up until just a few years ago, beat a New Orleans Saints team that was looked kind of up and coming and promising with Aaron Brooks at quarterback, and we beat them easily, 34 to 16. We're going to the NFC title game, and we all know what happened after that. At least most of us do. I don't want to go back into that again. <sighs> a terrible 2001 Viking team that was not getting along at all, 28 to 15 uh, loss on October the 7th. And then again, saw a couple few wins in a row. The Vikings since uh, defeating... What just happened? No, this is wrong. Okay. No, Vikings had some bad luck against the Saints for quite a while. Particularly after getting after getting defeated in that heartbreaking game that kept me up all night. The 20... Well, 2009 season, but 2010... Yeah, you know what I mean. 2010 dated NFC Championship game to the New Orleans Saints, the most incredible game uh, in the history of this uh, of this series. And then we lost a total of four games in a row to this club, impending that devastating, devastating loss. I mean, I just, I, you know, season opener. For the first time ever, we actually lost to the same team. It's like, wow, we get to play them again. Oh, we beat them. We beat the Kansas City Chiefs in 1970. Oh, we beat the Dolphins in 74. Wow, that's so great. That meant so much, right? We beat the, yeah, it's just who cares. We beat the Falcons in 99. We beat the Giants in 01. You know, but then we did lose to the Saints in 2010. So, okay, that streak was over. The Saints whooped the Vikings in uh, December 18th, 2011. Horrible Viking team. The second three and 13 team, and both of them had the name Les. Both coaches had the name Les, so the Vikings went uh, 3 and 13. So don't ever hire Les again because it's just, you just add one more S and it's less chance of winning. <clears throat> 20 to 9 loss in New Orleans in 2014. That was kind of crappy. A developing, improving Viking team. Drew Brees was in his historic run of throwing for 700 million yards a year. Okay, about 5,000, but and 50 touchdowns, those kind of years, when he was setting every record there was at the time. Um, until Brady just kept playing until, you know, he's 60. 
2017, the Vikings defeated the Saints in the season opener. Very promising day with uh, Sam Bradford, at quarterback. Everybody was pumped up and excited. And the next thing you know, we beat them in the playoffs as well. Uh, with the Minneapolis Miracle, of course, another incredibly historic thing. I mean, yep, I'm going on and on and on and on and on here because there's so much fun history with this team. One very devastating part of history, of course, again, super devastating. And the Saints were a pain in the ass to play. I remember that um, in like 08, 09. You could just sense it was going to be a, a crazy day between the two teams because I remember 08, the Vikings, it was a mess. Somehow we won that game. I would easily trade away that worthless 2008 game to the Saints if it meant we would win by three points instead of lose. It's just, I don't know. I'm still haunted by that one, as you can kind of tell. I'm, I'm literally still tortured by it. Tortured. It it hurts so much. That game, you know, not to mention the Atlanta Falcons game in January 99. I it just, I haven't watched like a full minute of that game since. Not one full minute of that game since that year. I'm not even kidding. I can't do it. I won't. October 28th, 2018, Vikings lost to the Saints there. Again, Vikings were not the same. Somehow we beat them in overtime in a crappy 2020 season. Nope, that was in the playoff game. What am I saying? <laughs> that was the fun, entertaining playoff game. Yeah, we lost in 2018. Yeah, in 2020, yeah, we did lose to them. That was the one we lost. I'm getting mixed up. But that fun playoff game the Vikings had with the Saints where Mike Zimmer made a really cool adjustment moving his great defensive ends inside to terrorize Drew Brees on the inside and it worked. It worked. It was really cool and the Vikings defeated Sean Payton, Drew Brees, and the New Orleans Saints and then it was Drew Brees' last hurrah really of, as being a decent quarterback after that. Drew Brees couldn't really play anymore but it didn't matter. Merry Christmas, Alvin Kamara. Here's six touchdowns which is a record dating back into the 1930s. It could be Alvin Kamara's great-grandfather basically <laughs> at that stage. Somebody that would be about that that generation. Great-grandfather. Yeah, that far back. Six touchdowns. Maybe even great-great for all we know because Kamara's not, not an old guy at all. Um, it was so stupid. It was so stupid. 52-33. to 33. Let's move on. So let's hopefully, hopefully believe Minnesota Vikings can do better than that this time around. I apologize for taking so long, but there was so much history. And some of you like that. Hopefully most of you do. Um, why shouldn't the Vikings be able to win this game? It's interesting. Uh, Vikings have won in London. We're 1-0 in London, if I'm remembering correctly. It was against the Pittsburgh Steelers, mediocre Steelers team. This Saints team isn't that good, and I can't imagine Elvin Kamara getting six touchdowns or even... He might get one or two. In fact, I'm just about certain he'll get something. Just because, and he's always been a problem for the Vikings. And he, he was on that team in 2017, so he's getting a little older. Yeah, he was a rookie at the same time as uh, Mr. Uh, Delvin Cook. So that was a heck of a running back draft. Joe Mixon and Kamara Cook and a few others, if I'm remembering correctly. Vikings should be able to get the job done. Will Delvin Cook play? I, I'm kind of thinking that he shouldn't. But if he does, it's, he's not going to play much. You just know he's going to maybe get less than 10 snaps in the game anyway, or 10 carries, pardon me. He'll get more than 10 snaps if he does play. But he won't be uh, used as a whole lot of... Uh, he won't actually see the ball a whole lot. I, I, I think Alexander Madison's going to carry the load in the game regardless, one way or another. Carolina had a pretty good game passing 
against the New Orleans Saints, even though they obviously Lattimore is a spectacular cornerback, but he's kind of a jackass, and things have been getting worse and worse with him lately. So we'll see what happens. Um, Christian McCaffrey was able to run on them pretty well, and but it's Christian McCaffrey. He's obviously an elite player. But so is Delvin Cook, and Madison obviously is a very capable running back. I, I expect a balanced attack against this club, honestly. And if Kirk Cousins continues to, you know, be more aggressive, this could be a fun game. Minnesota Vikings should be able to win the game in London. Final score, something along the likes of, I, I can't go too high. It seems like we're just, I don't know, but maybe this is the day Justin Jefferson goes off again. He probably will which would be a lot of fun. Justin Jefferson, maybe he'll, he'll eclipse the century mark again. But I think K.J. Osborne's going to be more involved again now that you can see what he can do uh, once again. You know, it's no joke. With that, um, Vikings win 27-24. Minnesota Vikings win by only three. But uh, Mattis, uh, excuse me, Jameis Winston's going to have some mistakes yet again. I don't trust him. Uh, I think the Vikings win by three. Maybe it's higher, but that's just a guesstimation. Vikings will win by at least three and defeat the Saints in New Orleans and go up to three and one. We'll see what happens. With that, we'll take a quick break and hear from you guys in fan interaction. Hey, hi, Joey. Hope you're uh, you're well. Um, so, two contrasting weeks. Week one, a lot of optimism, a great performance by the offence, and solid from the D as well. Um, I think certainly impressed me that week. Um, but going into the season, I always felt that it was likely we could be zero and two, or one and one. And um, I'm in Eastern Europe currently, so uh, I didn't watch the game. In, until this morning, or uh, well, the second game against Philly, and go, after going into the uh, the first game, it was like mm, maybe we can sneak a win in Philly. Although I did feel our chances of uh, securing a win there were fairly remote, and unfortunately, I've just watched the game, and it was like holy hell, that was pretty painful to watch. I mean, the the only way this team, obviously is going to win games this season is by having an explosive offense. And that kind of blew apart last night, unfortunately. Um, Philly have a fairly predictable D, and we couldn't do much against it. Three picks from Cousins. Um, Cook got nothing going, so it wasn't impressive. And obviously it put way too much pressure on the D, um, which was always going to be suspect this year. I didn't have a great deal of faith, certainly in our corners, I um, was impressed in the first game where the rush was very impressive um, against uh, the Packers. But hey, it is what it is, isn't it? I mean, I, I think, like you, I was probably more in the camp of let's just blow the bloody thing up after last season and rebuild. Clearly, the Wilfs felt they had a team that was competitive. And if you look at the weapons on board, then yes, offensively-wise, it is competitive. 
defensively, we are a fair way from having a solid defence. But it is what it is, isn't it? Um, looking at the schedule, it's pretty, pretty soft, especially at home. So I don't see any reason why they can't win seven or eight games at home. And if they can pick up two, three on the road, then there's every possibility of a, a trip to the playoffs finally again. But um, let's see where we go. Um, right, I look forward to hearing the next podcast. And I will say, Skull, brothers and sisters, you take care. And um, let's get a win against Detroit. And I can't thank you enough once again. Mad Martin returning yet again to talk about the Minnesota Vikings. And, of course, we did get that win versus the Detroit Lions. Again, Mad Martin out of Northern Scotland. Mad Martin, Dave Martin out of Northern Scotland. Now we're heading into your neck of the woods to play the <clears throat> New Orleans Saints. So uh, definitely looking forward to hear what you have to say about that one for sure. But uh, And, of course, the Detroit game. Get to hear that one a bit of a back and forth, certainly, between the Vikings and the Detroit Lions. Luckily, we got the job done. And I do believe the Vikings could take care of business with a lot of home wins. I was like, wait a minute, am I picking undefeated at home? That might be a little bit far-fetched, but... Uh, maybe. I mean, maybe it's maybe that's possibility. We'll have to wait and see on that one. <clears throat> but it's a possibility. Like you said, at least like seven wins or something at home. Yeah, I think that's quite doable. And hopefully some road wins. And then they get this uh, even, what do they call that? You know, it's like even sight, basically. I believe that's how they call it. Like like the Super Bowl is when you're playing, you know, yeah, neutral sight. Neutral sight between the two teams. The Vikings and the Saints. Obviously, that could never be the Super Bowl unless there was some kind of weird bubble year again, again like there was with uh, in like basketball or hockey. Two teams that would have been in the Eastern Conference normally faced off in the Stanley Cup Finals in 2020. The Tampa Bay Lightning, 2021, pardon me, Tampa Bay Lightning and the Montreal Canadiens. It was pretty weird because uh, I don't even know how that happened. It was the darndest, weirdest thing, but that is what happened. And then, of course, yeah, well, we'll move on. Tampa Bay did get to a third-straight cup final, but did not get the job done, losing to the Colorado Avalanche. Why am I talking about that? Because Brave the Wild has a season opener coming out soon, a season preview coming out soon. Check that out, Minnesota Wild podcast. Can't wait to get that one going. But, yeah, hockey season's coming around, basketball season's coming around. So got some work to do with those as well. Timberwolves explosion and Brave the Wild free plug, I guess, to myself. I don't know. Shameless plug. I'm sorry. Ooh, KJ Osborne says, thank you, Jesus. Well, yes. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. And good job. Mr. KJ Osborne. I'm not following him. What kind of fan am I? Okay, well, I'm following you now, KJ. KJ Clutch. That's your new nickname, KJ. KJ Clutch. And I called you that last year, too. And well, nobody else is copying me, so that's maybe a good thing. It's, it's mine. It's mine, right? <laughs> I get to call him KJ Clutch forever. It's a Purple Mafia nickname for Mr. Uh, KJ Osborne. Yes, um, thank you, Tanae Brown out of New Zealand. We'll get to the uh, the Twitter account now, at Purple Mafia Show, at Purple Mafia Show. Again, also do check out the links in the show description. There's our ways to help the show out. Crypto.com, there's a link there to show I referred you, and also Paladino Live is the referral for Vigit, Vigit.com, where you could do basically, you know, it's like play money for sports betting. It's, you know, it's, yeah, you're not using real money, but you could win real prizes. What do you think of that? So let's get to, again, Tene Brown, thank you so much for retweeting. 
Denae Brown out of New Zealand for retweeting the most recent episode 377. That hurts. Like Jalen Hurts, it hurts. And then there was all the struggle and waiting forever for the show to come up. Malcolm McSween also retweeted the show. I believe Vince Germano did as well. And then late last night or early this morning, whatever you want to call it, I was saying the show is finally up. Hipcast was able to correct the problems that have been plaguing their site this week. Download and enjoy. Really sorry for the delays. And hopefully we're not going through the same thing again this week. We'll find out. And whenever you're listening to this, you know the answer. Because I don't know the answer until the show is up. Then then I'll know the answer. And I'll be very, very happy. I was saying it's a good and sloppy start for both teams. Welcome to Minnesota versus Detroit. As, of course, both teams started off nicely and then wound up with missed field goal attempts. Wasn't that annoying? But that's pretty much what happened. I was saying how Osborne finally gets loose and then on the next play he won the game. Cool, man. This is, again, the uh, Twitter account. Very quiet this week. Uh, Matt Martin, again, thank you so much for the call-in. Obviously a very, very, very busy guy. Dave Martin, Mad Martin, and I can relate. I have two jobs. It's really tough. Miraculously, I'm able to squeeze this show in, though, on Sundays, and it feels good because I refuse to do regular work on Sundays unless I'm literally forced to, and I hope I'm not. That's the Twitter. Very quiet Twitter, but the Facebook is a little bit louder today. Sometimes it's opposite. Facebook.com forward slash Purple Mafia Show. Facebook.com forward slash Purple Mafia Show. So we pick up where we left off with, yay, the show's out, woohoo, and then here we go. And of course it wasn't, little did I know. Though I had a sneaky, a sinky feeling the whole time, sinking feeling, because the site was, the page was black, like nothing there, just a black image, that's it. It's weird, like a TV that's turned off. It's a wonderful feeling, right? Mike Deal out of the New York area says, hey Joey, don't know if you're still having trouble with uploading the podcast, but I can't find this new episode anywhere. It's not on Spotify or this usual site. In fact, it looks like you're not even on Spotify. I should be. Ooh, that's really interesting. I'm going to look right now. Thankfully, I have my smart device right here with me. Samsung S22 Plus. Yep, 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 yep. I'm going to check right now. I mean, why the hell not, right? Spotify. I'm not on Spotify at all. I uh, hope so. Hope I'm on Spotify. What the hell? Have I been banned? Or who knows? Maybe it's because when Hipcast is acting up and messed everything up. Oh, Lord. Did I get banned from Spotify? Oh, my. Oh, my God. Did I get banned? No, there it is, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Where's the damn... I just want the main feed, okay? Okay, go up, go up, go up. Yeah, it continues out for the last... Yeah, yeah, it's there. But the new one isn't out. Come on, man. It still says Cowabunga. So the new one is not up on Spotify. What the heck? But Cowabunga did come out. Interesting. Very interesting. Very, very interesting. Oh, it looks like I got five five-star ratings. That's nice to know. Thank you, guys and gals and all of you that have done that. I really appreciate that, so... Because, you know, Spotify, yeah, all you can do is put a star rating. But those of you that have, I can't thank you enough. Ugh, I wish I could get it to show exactly what's going on. But I don't know. That's life, right? Gosh. Well, it's there. It's just behind, which is annoying. Ugh. Well, what are you going to do? Now I'm really curious. I, I think they're all there, right? I'm going to look up Brave the Wild. What the heck? Yep, there it is. Isn't that cool? Isn't that cool? Yeah, I mean, sometimes it's just good to know. It's important to know, like, what if something is really messed up and it's not working at all and I didn't even know 
One time something was way behind. I think, yeah. I think it was Spotify or, or was it Audible, one of the two. Yep, yeah, Rave the Wild, but I haven't done a show for a really long time. There will be one coming up very soon. Okay, well, anyhow. <laughs> That's very interesting, though. Um, but yeah, so it is on Spotify. Am I able to provide a link where the episode is up? Unfortunately, it wasn't up at all. There was nothing I could do at the time. So that was really frustrating. Uh, Mike Dill responded with, no worries, just wanted to make sure you're aware. Same thing for the Stitcher site. Yeah, Stitcher, yep. Well, basically, if HipCast is down, that's it. You know what I mean? Because HipCast distributes to all of them. I am connected with the same, they call it an RSS feed, basically. Consider the RSS feed like an artery, right? And then HipCast is the heart. If the heart ain't pumping, there ain't no blood going through. Like, the blood is the podcast itself, like the, the files. This file, that file, this file, that file. That's the blood moving through the artery. And then you're the organs, you could say. Like the blood going to the organs. See? <laughs> as weird as that sounds. Does that make sense, though? How it just kind of pumps it out this up? Actually, no. The organs are the uh, different podcast apps. And then you're like the, you know, yeah. You're the, you're the main customer, so to speak. You're like, you're the body. You're the body of Purple Mafia. Yep, you're the body. See, the organs... So the heart is <laughs> the heart is hip cast. The artery is the RSS feeds, um, and then it pumps the blood. Yeah, the show is the oxygen molecules. Okay, the, each different episode is the blood or whatever, and then the organs are the uh, different apps. Okay, I think I've made enough silliness, but it makes sense, right? I was saying how it sucks, and yeah, and I was saying not to mention this. This show was harder because I was, you know, I, I had an odd schedule with that one, so that just was even more devastating. Put all that extra time and maneuvering around and all that and then the freaking show doesn't come up until like Saturday night when the, when the game happened on Monday night like ugh and I was saying oh it's finally up and blah 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 I hope you, I mean here, here you go you know I'm really happy really really sorry for the delays thank you so much for your patience or something along those lines Mike Dale says maybe the people running the set are also Viking fans and they're also traumatized and are trying hard as defense mechanism to mentally block out how poorly they played on Monday. Convincing themselves it never happened, kind of like that scene from Spaceballs. And that looks like Rick Moranis there with those nerdy glasses. No, go past this part. In fact, never play this again. Gotcha there, big time. That's funny. Yep, Rick Moranis. Uh-huh. Mark Carlson says, I am looking forward to this episode, but I will probably have to sit on my hands as I've been checking and rechecking. Siri thinks I have problems. What little does she know? Ha, ha, ha. Keep calm and carry. Yep, and that's the conceal and carry image there. <laughs> Gerald Swing out of Nebraska. Mark Carlson, of course, out of Iowa. New York is where uh, Mike Dale is from, but the state, not the city. Gerald Swing says, I know I'm checking every five minutes. And guys, thank you so much for caring as much as you do. That is, and yep, Mark says me too. You guys, thank you so much for caring as much as you do. You don't know how much that means to me, honest to God. It's uh, actually quite humbling, to be to be quite fair. Yep, there it is. Mark says, it's here. It's here. It's really here. Thank you, Joey. Looking forward to this episode, especially because it seemed like it was banned or, shot or canceled episode, which would have made it a collectible. Kind of like that one Beatles album, but it's actually here now. Thanks. Yep, you're very, very welcome. I swear there was an episode that never existed because the file got destroyed. It was the review of that New Orleans Saints game the Vikings lost in 2010. In um, I'm beginning to wonder if I... Yeah, 
I'm pretty sure I did the review. Yeah, I, I just did that in a different location. The other one, the 2017 Saints game. I think I did that for my parents' house because I forget what the reasoning was, but I couldn't record it at home. I had to go to my parents' house for that one. It was really strange. I don't know if I, I think my laptop was down or something. I don't know what happened. It was or like something with my work situation. Something weird, but there was a reason why I had to uh, do the show from my parents' house, if I remember correctly. And it was weird, but it was cool. It was the only time I actually recorded on their desktop computer. It's the darndest thing. But yeah, 2010. That's the episode that would be the 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 secret episode that never existed because when the Vikings lost to the Saints team, I had recorded an entire show. It was literally done. I didn't hit the save button because I don't know what the heck was wrong with me. And this computer had so many issues already at that stage, and it blue-screened. It blue-screened, yep. And that entire file was gone. An entire show got completely wiped from existence. And I remember doing a heck of a... I felt like I was doing a heck of a job that day. So there was a show like that, believe it or not, Mark. If you can believe it, there is a show, but unfortunately, it's impossible to, to find. And of course, that hard drive was probably blown to bits now somewhere, for all I know because that was over a decade ago. Isn't that the darndest thing, though? Isn't it? <sighs> there is a show that never existed because of a blue screen error. Yep, it really happened. In-game thread. Yep, I was I was fairly active compared to last week. I was really active. I was saying, bah, school on fourth down, and then, yep, Mark, Mike, uh, Mike Dale says secondary is going to be a problem all season. I was kind of fearing the same. Brett McCarthy, South Dakota, says, where is the offense from week one? Kind of felt that way. Tony Coleman, South Dakota, new coach, new staff, same old Vikings, same, some things never change. It's just like the song, right? Dale says, right now, none of these, where the heck, none of these corners or safeties get passing marks. They couldn't cover a pool with a tarp, much less a wide receiver. Ooh, I like that. Dale says, at least one of his attributes is Kirk is an accurate passer. Nope, this effing team. Yeah, Kirk was inaccurate, all right, but he was pressured a lot. But, yeah, I know, it was annoying. It was really annoying. Um, Dave Vicky says, defense struggling again. It's time for a turnover. Yeah. Eric Mustard says, SOS, same old stuff. Yep, yep. Mike Dale says, too effing easy. The secondary is future. Donatelle better get a clue and fast. Mike Dale again says, yeah, I'm not sure of this one. Lions are seemingly stronger this season, and we're... We're a Jekyll and Hyde team. Not as confident going in this one. Yep, yeah, a lot of us were like, this stinks. Todd Vandermeer said, oh, yeah, Todd Vandermeer from Indiana, right? Cool. Good to hear from you, Todd. Hope you're a listener. Yeah, I, I hope you're still a listener. I'm pretty sure you were before. Yep, sometimes he's kind of in and out. I, I miss you, Todd. Be, be more of a regular again. I miss you. He says, wow, same old Vikings. This is already embarrassing. Yeah, it was getting really bad. Wasn't it? And I, we were getting. I was getting worried in that fourth quarter. Cedric Paulding, another one that's been missing for a while. I'm, I miss you, Cedric, out of Mississippi, Purple Mafia Hall of Famer. Oh, love you. Um, he says we're gashing them, running the ball, and we go away from it to end up kicking a 56-yard field goal. Yep, and then we ended up missing it too. Dale, Mike Dale says Vikings are lucky. Prater would have nailed that. Yep. That was, the, of course, the Lions kicker. Yep, and he was there for a while. Matt Prater is the best kicker there is. Brett McCarthy says, Looks like this game will get out of hand fast, and it sure felt like it. Do not like the offensive play calling. The defense is weak. Yep, and Brett at the beginning was saying, Good morning, Skull. 
Hope we look better than Monday night. Hope to see more Cook and Madison. Yep, and yeah, you nailed it all there. Big time. Brett McCarthy, you deserve a star for this show. Finally, a fourth down. A stop on fourth down, says Mike Dale. OMG, what a comeback for Brett McCarthy. Need a stop here. Yep, and we got that stop. Yep. Mike Dale says, the fact Campbell knows our secondary is useless just goes to show it's not much of a gamble that the Lions have picked up the first down four out of five times on fourth down at midfield. Pathetic. Yep. Leland out of Iowa says, this might be tougher than a lot of the, a lot of projections. Definitely a different Lions team of old. Different than them anyway. Let's add another division win. Thankfully we did. Let's go to the post-game reviews conversations here. And then we wrap up the show as we head to the end here. Tony Coleman, yep, I opened things up saying two double-digit comebacks and KJ clutches back. That was pretty fun. Tony Coleman out of South Dakota. Hall of Famer, no doubt about it, says. What the heck? Uh, I have to admit they surprised me with that win. The play was so sloppy and lackluster throughout. I didn't imagine they could pull it out. I'm very pleasantly surprised, but I'm equally nervous for the New Orleans in London. Yep, me too. I'm 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 nervous because you just never know. And Jameis Winston can be pretty good. Brett McCarthy says nice comeback. Cedric Paulding says I'm glad we won after a sloppy start, but this team showed no quit. I'm proud of them. Skull and skull. Yep and yep, very much so. Agree with you there. And uh, War Damn Eagle, right? I miss you, Cedric. Yep, yep. He loves the all Auburn Tigers. Uh, and definitely not the uh, roll tight roll. No, <laughs> I'm not a fan either. Um, Mark Carlson says, I stopped listening late in the, that must be Paul Allen, right? Late in the fourth quarter and I missed the comeback. Oh, look at you. Later, a text came from, came in from one of my boys telling me the news. Well, what do you know? They made my, that made my day. I know the team isn't polished, or even if we have the right personnel, but it's a win. Because they refuse to give in. Nice rhyme. <laughs> that is a strong vibe that can help put a better team on the field next week in London. Whatever we are, whatever we are Vikings, skull. <laughs> One more thing. No more defense alone. Fourth down conversion, please. Yeah, that was... I mean, it was like every freaking drive. We gave up like a first down on fourth and something. Fourth and one, fourth and two, fourth and whatever, fourth and four. Mike Dale says, Vikings are lucky to come out of this game with a win. Dan Campbell, like his predecessor, Matt Patricia, is not a very good tactical coach. That's true. And his Lions team still has a shoot-yourself-in-the-foot stealing defeat from the clutches of victory. Yeah, too many penalties and all that. Yep, mentality. Actually embarrassed that the Vikings came out with a W considering that they weren't that good. Mm -hmm. Pros. Adam Thielen, Delvin Cook, K.J. Osborne. They had a good game. The defense might have been pretty ineffective most for most of the game, but they showed hard within the last 10 minutes of the fourth quarter. Cons. It looks pretty big, right? <laughs> one of the few, and I agree, one of the few attributes that Kirk Cousins supposedly has is passing accuracy. That said, that was not on display today. No, it wasn't, was it? Especially early. Um... He was wildly inaccurate most of the day and missed several of his targets badly. One of which, a wide-open K.J. Osborne that he had badly overthrew that could have gone for six. That would have been so cool. That said, he didn't... That said, he didn't Amber heard the bed on the last drive that the Lions gave their poor kicker and a crap head coach gifted, gifted him. 
I guess I have to give him credit for having clarity of mind to throw the game-winning dagger to K.J. Osborne, even though Osborne was wide open again by a country mile. One of the few clutch moments I can recall from Kirk. Yep, yep. For, I mean, I, I understand that. And I'll jump in real quick before we continue. Um, yeah, I mean, it was nice to be in that position. Like, wow, we actually could win the game here. Having the ball like that with a minute 10 left. I mean, I was so excited, like, in that sense. I was, I was finally feeling good a little bit for a little bit. Again, not that excited, but, you know, like I was saying at the beginning of the show, I'm not, like, jumping all over the place. But it was still, like... This is cool. We actually could win the game now. This is great. Continuing what uh, Mike has to say here, I felt bad for Irv Smith Jr. last week because everyone was piling on and getting on his case for the drop pass against the Eagles. He looked like he was back on track afterwards, however. Uh, afterwards, However, he dropped another perfectly placed pass by Cousins today. One of the few Cousins threw. I don't know if this is a lingering effect of a bum thumb, but obviously now his hands are suspect to put uh, to put into perspective, you couldn't tell who was the premier or first choice tight end target between Elvis Munt and Irv today. Greg Joseph, albeit his attempts were both over 50 yards, that said these kicks weren't weren't near the uprights. Yeah, they were really bad, weren't they? They were pretty bad. Despite the win, I feel this team will struggle to finish with a winning record. Hmm. With defense, yeah, that's true. With defensive deficiencies, that could be scary. There's no pass rush despite having guys like Zadarius Smith and Hunter. The secondary seemed useless in pass coverage in large swaths of the game, coupled with the fact that they're also not very good at stopping the run. That's not a formula for success. I feel like I should be a lot more upbeat about this come-from-behind win, but it feels like the Lions simply gifted them this just by having such a losing team culture for most of their franchise's existence. Except in the 50s, though, right? <laughs> this team is like uh, papering over the cracks win. Oh, yeah. Uh, skull, I guess. We'll see how they do against the Saints in London next Sunday. Yep, I hope so. And I can understand the frustration. I, I can completely understand the frustration and the thought process. It's like maybe like using bubble gum and duct tape to repair a, a big hole in the wall. You know, that kind of thing. So, <laughs> yeah, it's... <laughs> I can understand the frustration. It's, um, it was fun. At least it was an entertaining football game, but maybe I'm an idiot for saying that, that it's more or less, you know, they barely won, that kind of thing. But McCarthy says, need to get defense figured out, need more pressure on quarterbacks. Yeah, what happened to that? It was nice on Rodgers, and ever since then, not so much. James, uh, James Adamek, the picture of Thielen with the win. Yep, cool. Jesse Ball. Wraps things up. I gotta click something here though on all these here to make sure everything is done. Clickety clickety click. Jesse Ball says they needed it and they pulled it out. Big win. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yep. Good job, guys. And Mike Dale. My goodness. Whew. Mike Dale. My goodness. That was a uh, very detailed. Very awesome. Um, <laughs> Oh, man. You guys are absolutely spectacular. You're making this very fun to do every week. You really are. Great to have Tony Coleman back in the mix. I mean, I I love you, man. Um, Cedric Paulding, really awesome as well. Wow. You know, I mean, because I don't think Cedric posted like last season really hardly at all. So I I missed him so much. And Cedric Paulding, you know, you're a Hall of Famer, man. So great to have you back on. 
Mark Carlson, legend, obviously. I mean, you guys are all so spectacular, and thank you for keeping this fun every week, and I'm sure you love hearing each other's names, and, you know, you're all recognizable to each other now, a lot of you. Yeah, build some friendships through this show, and I think that's really cool. You know, I mean, it's just, you know, I mean, life life is lacking in the friendship department sometimes. Like in, in the workplace, not everybody, you know, not everybody wants to be your friend. They're all in their little groups, and they never talk to you, but then you, but then I have something like this, and it just means so much. Uh, you even try to be friendly and talk to them, and they act like you're not even there. It's That sucks, and yeah. Not that I need to spill out my life story to anybody or uh, ask for some self-pity from, uh, or spill out a self-pity story either, but that's how it is sometimes, and you guys really uh, are an incredible medication for that, let me tell you. You know, I mean, kindness goes a long, long way. Even for a 43-year-old grizzled, you know, Gen Xer who thinks millennials and Gen Zs are a bunch of babies. <laughs> Sometimes. I, I don't want to say that out loud. Unfortunately, yeah, <laughs> I, I may have scared away a lot of millennials and Gen Zs. I, I hope I haven't. Maybe you're out there, and if you're out there, say hello. Say hello. I mean, I'm not going to bite. Uh, I'm not trying to be a jerk about anything. Uh, so... Again, those of you from the, from like Gen Z, even Baby Boomer range, I mean, I love you guys all to death. Never go away. Please never go away. But Gen X, of course, as well. Gen X and Baby Boomer range. Anybody before Baby Boomer, holy cow. I mean, it's an honor to, it's an honor that you're listening and all that, just in case. There's always that possibility. I suppose that's pretty, going back quite a bit. Maybe like, like, like a Lou Nanny generation about, late 30s. That'd be pretty wild. <clears throat> So, those of you again, thank you so much. Uh, nice and breezy outside. I'm gonna I'm gonna go for a walk with a British accent, and I'm go, I am going to go for a walk as soon as I uh, press the upload button and hope for the best for this sucker this time around. Deeply apologize for this. I'm praying that things get better. Uh, pray for this show if you can <laughs> that it uh, goes through and that we don't have any craziness going on. Indianapolis, what a crazy record! One one one. That's funny. I just saw that flashing on the screen just now. But uh, please tell your friends about the show. Please write positive ratings for it on um, Apple Podcasts slash iTunes, Stitcher, Audible, and I think that's it. I Apple, Stitcher, Audible, Spotify. Spotify, there's like just a star rating. And those of you that have, thank you so, so, so very much. Please, uh, yeah, thank, thank you very much. And those of you that haven't, please do like a, a Apple or whatever. But again, tell your friends about the show. Hope everything goes well for you this upcoming week and the Vikings get the job done. Remember, early start, folks. Early start, 8.30 Central. Maybe you could be anywhere else, maybe, you know, depending on where you are. But most of you are at Central Time Zone. And we'll talk to you next week, hopefully with the win. Yet again.